but I remembered. Tell me, what do you remember when you look back at 2020, this year in review? I know what some of you are saying right now. Steve, man, I just had a Merry Christmas, and you want me to look back at 2020? Really? Well, what I want us to do is to really take a look back at 2020. We're going to be looking at some truths that are temporary, temporary truths, and we're going to hold up next to them some truths that are permanent. I think it's going to help us to go through 2020s much better. Because the truth is, in Ecclesiastes 7.14, it says this, When things are going well for you, be glad. And when trouble comes, just remember, God sends both happiness and trouble. You never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> so I'm here to tell you, 2021 could be worse. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. The fact is, we don't know. You know, when that big old ball comes down here on January or December 31st, you know, and everyone, every, I'm just telling you, everyone's going to be like, yeah, yes, come on, 2021, flush 2020 down the toilet. I am so glad it's over with. But they don't realize is that, in fact, 2021 could be worse. We don't know. Now, I'm going to say some things that are going to depress you. I just want you to know. So if you're prone to depression, you may want to do a self-hug right now, Okay. But I want you to know, I'm going to give you some good news also to go along with this. Because the bad news is obvious. The bad news is apparent. 2020 has not been a great year. In fact, 2020, many people would say, would have been their worst year. Worst year that they've experienced. And because of all the things that we have gone through this year that has just been incredible. Absolutely incredible. To begin with, COVID. <laughs> I mean, no one saw that coming. But it hit, and it hit powerfully, and it's, and it's still here. In fact, I can say this. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Everybody here that's sitting here this morning knows someone who has COVID or who had COVID. You know them personally. You, don't, you hadn't heard it third, fourth hand. You know someone personally that has COVID. We've gone through six foot of separation, masks. I mean, someone... Uh, Someone sneezes, or if you ever cough, you know, you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm not really. Seriously, I'm okay. Never used to be that way. Visiting folks in the assisted living places, you know, you can't visit them. We visit them through windows because of COVID. That's the type of world we live in. We call them on the cell phone, they get on their cell phone, and we talk through the window. In fact, my parents. And my wife's parents, we go twice a year. They are in Texas. We go twice a year to Texas to see them, once in the summer and once at Christmas. We hadn't seen them in 2020. Why? Because of COVID. In fact, right now, over 300,000 deaths have been attributed to COVID. And it feels sometimes like, honestly, like no one knows what's going on. Do you get that feeling? I, I hear, you know, experts saying this, experts saying that, and you know, should schools be open? Should schools be closed? You, you, you almost don't know what to believe. But we've all been affected by this disease. But if that was just it, that would be enough. But all of us saw, and we even saw some on the, on the video, the looting and the burning that had been going on. People walking into shops and just taking stuff. And the police told, being told to stand down in these places. And it's just complete anarchy. I thought I would never see anything like that, but I've seen it with my very own eyes and, and it just seems like nobody cares. They just go in, get the stuff, and out they go. And of course, this election, holy cow, mama mia, 
I mean, this is incredible. What chaos is going on? And then the economy that was just, remember, in January, just, it was just roaring. I was visiting someone uh, who was on, who's on hospice. This was just yesterday evening and with the family. And I was telling them about uh, a restaurant that we go to uh, that my wife and I really liked. They had the best buttermilk pie. I've never heard of it till I went there, but it was just wonderful. And they told me, yeah, it just closed. They could not last long enough. They couldn't outlast COVID. And we see the economy, small businesses closing. I mean, it's enough to get you depressed, isn't it? I mean, when you really think about it, now, do I have everybody truly and totally depressed? I'm sorry. But there is good news that I want to share with you. The problem is when we focus on these things, and we tend to focus on them, you can't turn on the news without seeing this. News is always bad news when you turn on the TV. That's what they specialize in. But you see this all the time. You see it all the time, this bad news, what's happening. And it's not false. It's not unreal. We are going through tough times, right? I mean, it's not like they're making this up. And what happens when we focus on that, we begin to live with anxiety. There's a lack of peace. We live with, with worry. I bet some of you experience worry like you've never experienced it before this year. The pressure of knowing what to do, what I don't do. I mean, I got people sending me all kinds of advice from, uh, you know, digging your own well to buying freeze-dried food and storing it up for three years. Everybody's got something. There's this pressure to do something, to prepare. And some of us just escape. Uh, some of you just you know, you turn on the, t- turn on the Hallmark channel because you're hoping something good will be on there. And you just watch TV. Or you just sleep, get away from it, escape. You feel defeated. You feel discouraged. What's the worst thing that comes from this is just really a weakened view of God. Because we focus on the circumstances instead of focusing on the truth, the eternal truths. We begin to have this weakened view of God that obviously he's not big enough to handle this. That he can't take care of us. So we get to the end of the year. And we say, thank goodness this year is over with. 2021 has got to be better, but it may not be. We just don't know. And so we live with worry because we forget. We don't forget our circumstances. We see those every moment of every day. But we forget the truth, the eternal truth. You see, there's temporary truth, right? Temporary truth, which is something like COVID, okay? I know it doesn't feel like this, but COVID is not going to last forever. Neither is anarchy, right? Neither is bad. You know what? I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt with 100% accuracy right now, there's no COVID in heaven. Just telling you, it's not there. But there's these temporary truths, right? COVID, anarchy, economy, All of that. And then there's also eternal truths. All right? Now, these are true. This is is not like this is untrue. It's just temporary, right? I mean, if you've had to deal with COVID, if you've had COVID, you know it's true. Right? It's not that it's not true, but it's temporary. The truths that we have to remember are the eternal truths. And we put those right up now, and they just kind of like overwhelm. The temporary truths. The problem is <laughs> that when you go to work, when you turn on the TV, they're not shining out the eternal truths, are they? No, it's all the temporary ones. Not that they're not true, 
They are too. Not that they don't hurt. They do hurt. Not that they're not problematic. They are problems, but they're temporary. So how do you make it through, especially when you get these these things happening all at once, like 2020? How do you make it through something like that? And that's the key. And the important thing is to remember the eternal truths. That's what I want you to do. That's, what I, that's going to be the good news that's coming. Now, I found a passage in the Bible. I was thinking about what is one where someone's really going through a bad time, okay? Because that's what I want you to Because 2020, I'm considering a bad time. So someone's going through a bad time in the Bible, and, uh, you know, there's life and death type situations. And so what I came to, there's a lot of them in the Bible like that, but what I came to was uh, the one where Paul is on that ship, and they're about to get shipwrecked. It's in Acts 27. He had been in jail for two years already in Caesarea. Two years languishing in this jail. And they wanted to send him back to Jerusalem where he knew he was going to be killed. So he appeals to Caesar for his court case. So now he's got to go to Rome. Well, that's a six-month journey. And most of that on ship. And so he's on these, this ship and he's sailing. And they come to this one part where they hit this huge storm. Everybody thinks they're going to die. Everybody on that ship thinks they're going to die. The, uh, the sailors on that ship try to escape because they're only thinking about themselves. The soldiers think they ought to kill the prisoners. Uh, and so this is the type of environment, okay? Paul is in, ship about to sink, everything looks awful. And then he talks to the people. And he gives them some eternal truth. And through this, I hope that we'll hear some eternal truth. In Acts chapter 7, verse 27, I'm sorry, verse 22, he says, Yet now, he's speaking to the people on the boat, Yet now I urge you, keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, an angel of God to whom I belong, whom I also serve, came to me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has graciously granted you all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Now, what are some recollections that we need to keep when we go through trouble? Well, the first one is that that God is here. He's here. Yeah, that ship, (laughs) nobody knew where the ship was. The owner of the ship who had all the grain on there had no idea where that ship was. It had been taken by the storm and just moved to who knows where. Nobody, in fact, the people on the ship didn't know where they were. They had no idea. But you know who did know? God knew. And in fact, God was right there all the time. And that's what I want you to know is that he is here. Listen to me. He is here right now. I mean, we know these truths, don't we? Where two or three are gathered together in his name. There I am in the midst of you. Right? You know that. Our Hebrews 35 says where Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Great. You know that stuff. Or Psalm 23. We all know Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For 
Thou art with me. Yes, say it out. Thou art with me. So I don't fear evil, even when going through the valley of the shadow of death, even when going through a year like 2020. I don't fear because he is with me. The issue is we don't live that. There's a little book written. And for those of you who don't like to read, let me encourage you because it's a little book. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. Written by a guy named Brother Lawrence like four or 500 years ago. But in there, he talks about that very thing. And that's our issue. Listen to me. Our issue is that we, not that we don't know it. Y'all quoted the verses. Y'all all can quote, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The problem is we don't practice that. There's not a constant conscious awareness that God is here. God is here right now. Did you know that? I mean, it's almost magical to think about, isn't it? He is right here in this worship center right now. He's right there with you. He is right now. He knows what you're thinking. He knows some of you are thinking, how much longer is this sermon going to be? That's right. He knows it. Better change your thinking. He knows everything, but he's right here with you. And you can depend upon him because he is faithful. He is here. The problem is we don't practice it. That book, um, Practicing the Presence of God, just a short quote from, from that book. He said, Brother Lawrence says, think often on God. Think often on God. By day, by night, in your business, and even in your diversions. He is always near you and with you. Leave him not alone. In other words, keep on bugging him. Keep on talking, talking to him. Practice his presence with you all the time. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. The world's not going to do that for you. You have to initiate that. You have to practice that. Brother Lawrence said he can worship God just as successfully washing the dishes in the kitchen of the monastery than he could in the worship center. Because he was practicing the presence of God. Let me encourage you to do that. Things don't look as bad when you compare them to Almighty God. When things look really bad and we get depressed is when we take those things and compare them to us. I mean, and what are we? But God is almighty. God is powerful and he loves you. So he is here. That's important for you to know. In verse 23, Paul says, to whom I belong. Now, I'm going to spend a little time here because this is important. Basically, what he's saying is, I am his. I am his. Now, there's some people that, you know, I feel like, like my children. I don't know when you had children that I felt like they were mine, you know. I know I'm stewards of, of them, that they're really God. But I kind of, they're, those are my, today, they're still my kids, right? They're my kids. When I'm married, that's my wife, you know, uh, and I belong to her. She belongs to me. I am hers. And in this, you are God's. You are his. I remember when I was a young whippersnapper. And, uh, uh, and my dad, of course, we were, you know, a family of just totally lost people, right? I mean, when lost people think you're lost, you're really lost, okay? So that's the type of family I grew up in. And my dad, he always went to, you know, these places that I would never go now. I'd be afraid to. He would go to these things called beard joints, you know, you heard that? Maybe honky-tonks, you've heard of that? He would go to those places like that. I mean, they look run down, they're awful, and mean-looking people in there. But I never was afraid. Never was afraid to go in there because I was with my dad. And even though he had lots of different problems, the one thing I knew was that he loved me, and I knew this, they couldn't get to me unless they went through him. <laughs> and he was a pretty big dude. 
So I always felt safe. Going, now, I don't feel safe going in there right now, but I felt safe going in there with him. But God is even more powerful than that, and you're his. What do you need to fear? He told Joshua when he's about to go into the promised land, he says, have I not commanded you? Do not be feel, fearful nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're his and he is going to take care of you. John chapter 10, Jesus talks about, he says, talking to his disciples, he says, I, I have you. You're in my hand. I have you, man. And get this, God the Father has you in his and no one can take you out of his. Listen to me. You are secure. No matter what goes on in this world, nobody can get you. You are secure in Jesus Christ. And because you're his, it's changed your identity. It's changed who you are. You're something so much better now than what you used to be. Your identity has changed. It's kind of like my identity changed when I married my wife. She changed me, man, for the better. But she changed me as I got to know her. You are God's and he has changed you. The Bible says, in fact, that we are in Christ. There was a book I read that was, it had this one part that was really good. It was by Kenneth Boa. Conformed to his image is the name of the book. But anyway, it talks about that since we're his, our identity has changed and we have this new identity. And then he went on to, to list these things, how our identity has changed. And I I just wanted to share those with you because to me, they bless my heart. They're so powerful. And they're these eternal truths, eternal truths that we need to hold on during difficult times. But listen to this. Because you are in Christ, because you are his, you are a child of God. Isn't that good? But I'm just getting started. You are also a branch of the true vine. You're also a friend of Jesus. You've been justified and redeemed. Your old self was crucified with Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. Isn't that good stuff? And anybody out there? Isn't that good stuff, man? You are not a slave to sin. That's big. You will not be condemned by God. As a child of God, you are a fellow heir with Christ. What he inherits, you inherit. You've been accepted by Christ. You've been called to be a saint. In Christ Jesus, you have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Your body, 1 Corinthians 6, get this, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are joined to the Lord, one spirit with him. God leads you in triumph and knowledge through Christ. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have become the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, you, uh, you've been made one with everyone else who's in Christ Jesus. You're no longer a slave, but a child and heir. You've been set free in Christ. Because you're in Christ, because you're his, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You're chosen, holy, and blameless. You're redeemed and forgiven by the grace of God. You've been predestined by God to obtain an inheritance. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Is anyone even slightly excited about this stuff? Man, this just absolutely blows me over. And I'm not finished yet. Because of God's mercy and love, you've been made alive with Christ. You're seated in the heavenly places with Christ. You've been brought near, near to God. Right next to him by the blood of Christ. You're a member of Christ's body. You're a partaker of all his promises. Your new self is righteous and holy. You were formerly darkness, but guess what? Now you are light in the Lord. You're a citizen of heaven. 
And they have no election chaos in heaven because there's no elections. <laughs> and you're a citizen of that country. The peace of God guards your heart and mind. God supplies all your needs. You've been made complete in Christ. You've been raised up with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ is your life, and you will be revealed with him in glory. You've been chosen of God, holy and beloved. God loves you and chose you. Man, that just gets me excited, even in 2020. <laughs> That's who you are. But we forget that because... Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, they will not tell you that. And so you've got to know that. You've got to know these truths, and that's how you'll go through that time, like 2020, with peace. And the thing is, the greatest blessing about all this is that we get to know him. Because we're his, we get to know him. Now, when I, when I first got married to my wife, I thought I knew her, right? <laughs> I didn't really know her. In fact, her parents knew her better than I did. But right now, I've spent th over 38 years with her. And I can tell you, no one on planet Earth knows her better than I do. And no one on planet Earth knows me better than she does. <laughs> and she still loves me. So that's just great. But the fact is, when you spend time, you get to know someone. And that's the greatest blessing. You know, the greatest blessing wasn't all the money she brought to our marriage. <laughs> That wasn't the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing was her, right, that I got to know her. Do you see that? And that's the greatest blessing for us is that we get to know God. I hear all these people talking about, oh, man, God has blessed me. I mean, I was driving through the parking lot, went through there, and the parking space opened up right at the front of the store. I pulled right in. I said, favor of the Lord. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was reading devotional the other day. Now, seriously, I was reading this just yesterday, day before. Guy lost his job, got fired. You know, he was, uh, he was uh, uh, standing for righteousness, whatever that thing happened to be there. And what happened with him? You guessed it. He got a better job with more pay. Blessing of the Lord. You say, well, isn't that a blessing? I don't know. That's not the big blessing, I'll tell you that. And if it doesn't work, if that type of theology doesn't work for the believer in a North Korean labor camp, or if it doesn't work for a believer in a Chinese prison or for an Indian believer who got kicked out of their village because they're a Christian, if it doesn't work for them, then let me tell you, it doesn't work. And they weren't blessed with a new job and extra pay. What they were blessed with is this. They know God. And that's the greatest blessing. Jeremiah 9, he talks about that. He says, um, he says, you know, do not boast, he basically, do not boast, Jeremiah and I says, do not boast about, let not the wise man boast about his wisdom. You know, all the degrees, you know, doctor, such and such and such, you know, all those. Don't boast about that. And he says, let not the mighty man, you know, boast of his might. You know, you've seen those guys, you know. But don't boast about that, but don't be laughing. That's not that funny. He said, don't boast about that. He said, let not the rich man boast of his riches, that new job, that pay. Don't boast about that. Do you know what he says to boast about? He says, let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. I am Yahweh who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things. 
you're his, man. You're his, and the greatest blessing for you is that you get to know him. Spend time with him. He also said, oh, I got, I'm sorry, I got to read this. <laughs> I just made a note. I, I, to me, when Paul writes this in Philippians 3, it really sets it right for me. It really sets it right for me, what the blessing is. Listen to Paul in Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8. He says, but whatever gain I had, get this, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So when that guy got that promotion and that new job and that big raise, Paul says, great, you got more rubbish. Isn't that right? The greatest thing for you is to know Christ. The greatest thing. And that will help you through things like 2020. Okay, what else does he say? I want to spend a little time there because I thought that was so important. But what else he says? He says, him I serve. Verse 23, he says, whom also I serve. I, I love this story. Y'all probably remember this if you're older. Uh, you know, when, when we went into Iraq looking for those uh, WMDs and all that that happened there, there was a soldier uh, that we were looking for, Saddam Hussein. Y'all, y'all may remember that name. He was the leader of Iraq, and he had escaped. And so that, that one of the main objectives, find Saddam Hussein. And so Delta Force uh, was looking for him, and they finally came up a place where they, they actually found him. And, and the soldier uh, that was there uh, basically uncovered the hole where he was. And, he, and the way he explains it, the bearded man raised his hands and said, I am Saddam Hussein. I am the president of Iraq, and I am willing to negotiate. The Delta operator dropped the cover on the hole and said, President Bush sends his regards. <laughs> The thing was, the reason he could say that is because of who he served. He served the leader of the greatest nation, the greatest fighting force on earth. And so he was able to say that because of whom he served. But look, you serve someone so much greater than that. Do you know who you serve? It's far better than president of America. No, you serve the great I am, Yahweh. I am that I am. That's who you serve. Not only that, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's the light of the world. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's whom you serve. Can you take confidence in that? You don't serve some middle manager who's looking for his own promotion. No, you serve the King of kings. And in Revelation 19, it says Jesus is coming back. And you know what will be written on his thigh? It won't be baby in a manger. It'll be king of kings and lord of lords, and he's coming to rule and reign in righteousness, and you will be serving him then too. Isn't that awesome? Man, I hope he comes before we get out of this worship center. But that's who you're serving. Right now you're serving him. That's the eternal truth. Well, then he says that, he talks about he has purpose, and 
In verse 24, you must stand before Caesar. He must testify before Caesar. That was Paul's purpose, to share the gospel before Caesar. He did that. But the same thing for you. You have purpose. In the midst of all this junk that's going on, God has a purpose for your life. Did you know that? You are not here just to breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. That's not your purpose. He has a greater purpose than that for you. You don't just exist. You have a purpose in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that lasts forever. He wants to use you. Even in the midst of all this chaos, God wants to use you, especially now. Your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, your family, they all need to know Jesus, do they? There are people out there hurting, suffering right now that are lonely in nursing homes and other places, they need to know the love of Christ. Could God want to use you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to show love to someone? I've been at the bedside of, of people who were bedridden, and they, and, and they asked me this question before. Why does he leave me here? Why did he just take me? I mean, they're ready to go. And for them, I say, you still have a purpose. I talked to them about Anna in the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke. It says she was very old. She says she served God, get this, with fastings and prayer. Even on that bedside, you can pray and serve God because he's almighty. And prayer changes things. Do you believe that? If you believe that, that will get you through 2020. But I don't care who you are. If you're here, listen to me. God has a purpose for your life. An important one. A kingdom purpose that has eternal consequences. And it's time we got wrapped up in his purposes instead of our own selfish ones, right? That was weak, right? <laughs> okay, I was a little nervous there. Okay. I have purpose. And then finally he says, verse 25, I believe God. And let me just ask you, no matter how bad it gets, do you believe God? Do you believe anything that I've said? Do you believe that? You know, it's hard to know what to believe today, isn't it? I mean, I mean when I hear something on the news, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. There's not evidence Politicians, you believe them? Even people in education, professors, things like that. I mean, most of them still believe that we came from a cells that just came together, formed life from an amoeba sludge of some sort. I, and here we are. The fact is, Paul believed God. He believed his word. And the, the fact is, when we don't know what's going on in the world, and I don't think we really do know that well what's going on in the world, we really don't know what to believe, that's when it's important, it's critical that you hang on to what you know is true. Hang on to what you know is true. This Bible is truth. And you can trust God. The fact is, the more you know him, the more you'll trust him right everybody here you have somebody if I said I I trust him or I trust her about as far as I can throw him someone came to your mind didn't it mm -hmm. yeah because they betrayed or they said something or did something whatever then there's other ones you could say I trust that person with my life you have people like that don't you why you know them God, 
perfectly righteous, always faithful, never has lied, loved you enough that Christ died for you so that you could be saved from your sins. You, listen to me, you can trust him. You can believe him. You can believe him enough to completely abandon yourself to him, give yourself completely to him. Focus your life on him. The Bible tells us to focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus said something in John chapter 16 where he, where he actually took what, what I've kind of been talking about, these temporary truths. He took the temporary truth and he put the eternal truth right next to it. And the temporary truth is in John 16, he says, in this world you shall have tribulation, right? Now, that's not a promise I really like, but it's a promise and it's true. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but it's a temporary truth. Do you get that? It's a temporary truth. There will not always be tribulation for you. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Then he takes the eternal truth and puts it right next to it. He says, but, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That eternal truth just wraps up and swallows that temporary truth because it's more important. It lasts longer. But what we focus on is this temporary truth. And I'm saying, get your mind off focusing on that and focus on the eternal truths of Jesus Christ. They will not let you down. So... What are those eternal truths? Well, the fact that he's here. We, begin to, we need to practice the presence of God, don't we? And that we're his. And that we serve him. That he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And we get to be his servant. And he's given you a purpose. And we can believe him. Now, the evidence that you remember these things when you go through 2020 is that one is that you do have peace. Paul had peace on that ship when no one else had peace. Paul had peace. I talked to a guy by the name of uh, Sam, Sam Patterson. Some of you may know him. Just a wonderful person. I've, I've just gotten to know him over the last six months or a year or so. I called him because I found out he had cancer. And he told me, Steve, uh, they told me my liver is heated up with cancer. And of course, my first response is, Sam, I'm so sorry to hear that. And this is what he said to me. He says, oh, no, I'm blessed. What? How can someone whose liver is eaten up with cancer come back to me and say, I'm blessed? Because he let the eternal truths of who he is in Jesus Christ overwhelm the temporary truth that he is sick with cancer. And whether God heals him here or there, he is going to be healed. <laughs> the problem is we focus on those temporary truths to the exclusion of the eternal ones that I've shared with you. So my question to you is in 2020, did you have peace? Did you have hope? <laughs> Would you say in 2020 you had joy, courage? Actually, all those things are available to us in Christ Jesus. When we remember the truth, he's always with us. You're his. You're his, man. 
Knowing him is the greatest joy. He wants you to know him. Serving him is the greatest privilege, and he has a wonderful purpose for your life in the kingdom. Now, it may not be getting that raise and promotion, okay? But it will have kingdom benefits, eternal benefits. And you can believe him. Now, if you hear this and you think, well, Steve, quite honestly, I went through 2020 and peace was not my experience. Worry, concern. In fact, I can't say to you right now that coming through 2020 at the end that I know Jesus Christ, really know him. I know about him. I've been in church enough to know about him, but that's not going to get you through it, is it? Knowing about Jesus is not going to get you through it. It's only knowing him, right? Only knowing him. And here's my challenge to you this morning. If you don't know that you know, you're not going to make it through 2021 any better. (laughs) You've got to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the thing is, he wants you. He chose you. He wants you. It's as simple as sharing with him the desire of your heart. I want to know you. I want to be saved from my sins, and I want to live for you. God hears that prayer every time. Now, if that's your desire this morning, whether right here in this worship center or online, then I want you to pray with me. What I pray is not going to be magic words, but let me tell you something. If you pray it from your heart, I can promise you this, because God is faithful. He will hear and answer your prayer. So if that's your desire, pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead. And at this very moment, I turn away from all my sins. I turn completely to Jesus. I want to know him. I want to serve him for all eternity. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.